What's up, champs? Welcome back to the Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I am your host, Ben Burnett. Joining me, as always, my pal and yours, Louis Ezekiel. Louis, my friend, it's so nice to uh, see you again after our, our little winter break. Yeah, I'm really happy to be back in the booth with you and ready to share all of this fantasy hockey goodness. I gotta tell you, I was binging this true crime podcast over the break, and I really enjoyed the dynamic between the two hosts. It seemed like one basically did all the research, wrote everything down, told the whole story, and the other uh, co-host's job, she basically just kind of like reacts to everything that's going on, like, whoa, or oh my god, or you know, a bunch of things that I can't say because Brian wouldn't have me. I feel like that should be our new dynamic moving forward. Are you talking about my favorite murder? That's what it sounds like to me, based on this description. This one is uh, Crimes and Consequences. Mm. Well, it sounds like most uh, true crime podcasts. And frankly, to me, Lewis, it sounds like this podcast. I'm just messing with you. (laughs) Uh, We are, of course, the twice-weekly amuse-bouche to keep you up to date in between the Keeping Carlson mega shows each and every Sunday evening. And so with that said, Lewis, we might as well hop right into the news. I want to let you start this week. Where do you want to go first? Oh, boy. Well, we got we to gotta talk about some things that are not super fun to discuss. But uh, what? On, I know. Short shifts? I don't think so. It's It's been our lot in life, um, but we will go over to Edmonton, where Edmonton has been having their struggles on the ice, and now things are looking rough off the ice, too. Connor McDavid has tested positive for COVID. In terms of fantasy relevance, I mean, it's obviously very relevant to Connor McDavid owners. Um, you know, all altogether, it's just another one of those uh, exits that we're going to look at as kind of being bad for everyone involved. Uh, definitely going to be a short-term bummer for Hyman. It really just feels like one of those, geez, things can't possibly get worse, can they? And then, yeah, we realize that they can. Uh, you know, Drysaddle's been playing 22 minutes a night already, so I'm not sure he can really shoulder that many more minutes without getting ground down to a nub. But at the same time, you know, Dave Tippett has been running those guys out there for all those minutes, basically trying to stave off unemployment. Uh, so I don't know. I wouldn't be super surprised if we continue to see, you know, big, big minutes for Drysaddle, but I just don't think they can climb that much higher. Um, he's, you know, Tip has been kind of frustrating to fans. He's been defending players that he's had the responsibility or at least partial responsibility for bringing into the fold, like Duncan Keith and Mike Smith. He threw Miko Koskinen under the bus. Not that he's been great, but you know, he's not the whole problem. Um, so I guess one sort of silver lining might be there's not a ton of Oilers games coming up and there's some pretty significant gaps in between. So at least, uh, putting McDavid on your IR plus should give you the opportunity to stream some folks in for a few more you know, game, you know, more game volume, but we also know that McDavid is capable in one game of putting up three games worth of points, you know, fantasy points. So, um, you know, uh, overall, I think, uh, it's not going to be that much of a boon, but we're looking for silver linings in an unfortunate situation. Yeah. Speaking of Koskinen, who I think is a really interesting example of a guy who's Value as a handcuff has fluctuated so ridiculously in what's only been like, you know, three fifths of the season or whatever, um, or three eighths of the season rather. Um, But when Mike Smith went down, everyone's like, oh my God, you got to get Koskinen. He's the starter on the best team in the division. You got to have that guy. Maybe he's going to let in some goals, but they're always going to be winning at least. And uh, that is certainly not the case any longer. But I I think that the, the shine has worn off of Miko Koskinen, despite the fact that Mike Smith is out. I'm rostering him in the Cupful, a league which really favors goaltenders, but otherwise I'm not overly excited. It's kind of like 
It's like the least exciting handcuff payoff I've ever had having Miko Koskinen still on my roster because it, Mike Smith went down as just like, oh, I guess I kind of have to keep him around for a bit longer. Yeah, it, you know, he's going to get you volume. And like you said, in leagues where that's really helpful, where saves are worth, a, you know, a good number of points or, um, you know, are a category in and of themselves, you know, he can be useful in that regard. It's always good to have a starting goalie in those volume leagues. But certainly, yeah, the 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 rate stats are not eye popping, and and now with, with the wins not coming uh, as frequently either, and and lately it's been real bad in that regard. And now with McDavid out, I mean, things just look quite grim in Edmonton. So yeah, not super excited to be running out to pick up Miko Koskinen, but I could certainly see why someone might do it. Uh, you know, if they need that type of volume on their roster. Well, let's talk about another team where things are looking very grim, and that's Philadelphia, where Claude Giroux and Ivan Provorov joined the COVID list today. Uh, This is going to be the first ever missed game for Provorov, who had played 403 straight games since entering the league. Probably worth keeping an eye on. The Flyers have three games this week, the Ducks tonight, the Pens Thursday, and the Sharks on Saturday. Uh, Hopefully, Giroux and Provorov don't uh, don't have to deal with severe symptoms and they're back before too long. Yeah. Remember too, that now if a player is symptom free for five days, they can get back in. So it's not that 10 day window anymore. So hopefully they could make that quick return. Um, but unfortunate maybe to miss that Sharks game on Saturday. Basically, games against the Sharks have been uh, explosive for the teams playing against them as their goaltenders have just not been very effective. Here on Tuesday night, uh, they allowed two shorthanded goals to the Red Wings who had not allowed a short or who had not scored a shorthanded goal in over a hundred games. So the same power play, uh, they were scored on twice. So yeah, it's been, it's been cash money for anyone going up against those goaltenders. And, you know, unfortunate certainly for, uh, Drew or Provorov owners, they're going to miss out on Saturday. The one bright side there is Saturday is a very packed schedule. Uh, so you may just be able to, um, you know, uh, shuffle them off and and not, you know, have too much problems, even if your uh, IR is already full. That's true. As uh, we missed Cousin Dave this week on the stream scheme, because these last couple of weeks have just been so poor for off night games with the postponements um, seeming to have a much greater effect on the, the nights with sparser schedule loads. Um, obviously, that makes a lot of sense. If you have two games postponed every night, that's going to make the Monday-Wednesday games into more of an island situation. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's tough to find streams this week. And hopefully, this is just uh, for those who have have uh, Giroux, have Provorov, they're able to to find replacements on their on their bench. Uh, speaking of replacements, at least internally, it looks like Scott Lawton is going to play with Farabee and Atkinson. That seems like, at least on Tuesday, that seems like the most appealing forward to pick up. Uh, it looks like Mayhew, Hughes, and JVR will make that second line, and Cam York is going to be paired up with Braun. Good Michigan boy there. So uh, that's what that's what the replacements kind of look like at this time. Um, but obviously, could change. Uh, you could check in and see, you know, those uh, last game lines after. Uh, we wrap up on Tuesday. And so hopping over to Minnesota next, I think this is, I mean, this is good news. I, I, it's exciting to have some good news on the show, but uh, definitely something that a, a lot of prospect folks have been waiting for. Minnesota has finally called up Marco Rossi and Matt Boldy, and Rossi appears to be in line for some plum deployment, playing line two with Nick Felino and Kevin Fiala, and on power play one with Kirill Kaprizov and the other big guns. I got to ask, Lewis, worth a shot on Boldy or Rossi? 
Yeah, I definitely like Rossi with Marcus Foligno and Fiala. You know, uh, Fiala has struggled somewhat, but maybe that could be uh, a pair that could find some chemistry. I think that would be really exciting for, you know, sort of the long-term outlook of the Wild. Obviously, getting that power play one deployment makes Rossi the most appealing player. Um, you know, he came in early in the year, did not find very much success. A lot of people who drafted him at the start, hoping that he would fill out that top line center role. Obviously, that didn't pan out. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think that's the player that I would be jumping on if I had a streamer. If I had quicker fingers, I would be uh, rostering him here today, but didn't have the opportunity. Very excited to see how his turn on that top power play and on line two goes for him. I hovered my finger over Marco Rossi a few times and uh, and then just eventually wavered too long and got beat to him by a team managed by Brian Com of Keeping Carlson and our pal John. Um, I really like Marco Rossi in this spot because I think that the upside is quite high and the downside at a point where everybody's dealing with injuries and there's all these postponements and, you know, this is the moment where I don't mind burning a roster spot on a guy who I might just end up streaming out later in the week if it's got the upside that this move has. Like, I'm avoiding piecemeal type pickups where it's like, okay, I'll drop a guy on Tuesday to get a game on Wednesday and Thursday because those games are, they could just be gone with the poof. But a guy like Marco Rossi with the upside to end deployment that he's currently looks like he may be in line for, if he sticks with the big club, could be a season long hold. So I really like I really like that spot for him. This is a team that has been in desperate need of centers for so long. And with Joel Erickson out, I wonder if Marco Rossi has a chance to not Wally Pip Erickson Eck, but essentially just to earn his spot in the roster. So when JEE returns, they have a much stronger uh, center depth. And and as a result, I think that's a rising tide situation that could benefit a guy like Kevin Fiala, who has been hot lately, but struggled out of the gate, and, and the other wingers all the way down the Minnesota lineup. Yeah, we joked last season that the Wild were like Spirit Airlines. They had wings, and there's not a whole lot else going on, you know. Uh, so... It's very nice to see them get some reinforcements down the middle. And obviously, you know, they've had some surprises. Ryan Hartman has been very effective and it's been great to see, but uh, certainly doesn't have the long-term upside that Marco Rossi has. All right, Lewis, we are going to take a very quick break. And when we come back, we are going to continue the news parade. You're listening to Short Shifts. Welcome back to Short Shifts. Lewis, my friend, we have to go to New Jersey next and chat about the Devils, where the Devil is in the injury details this week. Uh, lower body injury is going to keep Nico Hishier, who had been on fire since returning to the lineup, four points in three games. Uh, he is sidelined. I guess there's no real timeline available right now. Uh, joining him on the sidelines, though, presumably in some form of isolation, Pavel Zaka and Igor Sharangovich, both of whom entered COVID protocol today. Hopefully not the sign of a further breakout, another breakout in New Jersey. Um, my first thought was, oh, this is a bummer for Pavel Zaka, who had been cold and off the first line. And now that Hughes has been united with Brett and Sharon Govich, Zaka is the guy who kind of is losing out on on any sort of offensive or, or strong deployment. But now it's just kind of a bummer for everyone. The Devils had been quite offensively hot the past few weeks. And at least uh, it looks like the Jack Hughes line was able to score a goal tonight against the Bruins, just two games in the third or two goals rather in the third period so far. Um, 
That's not where the hit parade ends in New Jersey, though, because Dougie Hamilton is now gone for presumably a few weeks here after taking a puck to the face two games ago. And now it looks like it could be, and I don't want to say this lightly, it may be Damon Severson's season. Four points in Severson's last two games, not on the power play, but he has been on that top unit in Dougie's absence. You can count on him usually for a shot or two, a hit, and a block per game, and then he's usually been in that like 35 to 40 point range as a as a pace. Maybe he can now be a 40 to 45 point guy, which I think at least makes him valuable in deeper leagues. At the very least, he's getting the minutes, though. He's had five of his last six games, not counting tonight. He's played over 26 minutes, including two games where he played over 29 minutes. Uh, The only other guy I want to mention here is Johnny Bernier out for the season, which is sad for a guy who was having a bit of a resurgent uh, season last year in Detroit, kind of went out sad this year in New Jersey. It looks like uh, Mackenzie Blackwood may be a workhorse after all. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'll, I'll kind of start back towards the top here and work my way down because there was obviously a lot to cover here. A very tough news day, uh, in New Jersey. I heard a rumor, uh, circulating Twitter that it was a broken foot for Hishir. I don't have a solid source. So please take that with an enormous grain of salt for the time being. Really a bummer to see Sharon Govich out of the lineup when he was really starting to get going uh, with Hughes's return. He has been uh, an outstanding pickup for anyone who grabbed him off the waiver wire. And then to talk about a workhorse for Blackwood, you know, it, it is kind of a, a tough situation even there. You know, uh, glad that he's finally vaccinated, you know, fully vaccinated now. It took him a minute to come around, but I'm going to give him credit for his late work. I'm of the mindset that I really want to incentivize completing work, even if it's late. So I have a pretty generous late work policy in the classroom, and I'm going to adopt that for the ice, too. Uh, but unfortunately, vaccine or not, Blackwood has not been especially good this season. Uh, he's at an 897 save percentage, goals against average over three. That will not come down. Uh, he's already allowed three in the game here on Tuesday as of this recording. Uh, his Delta Fenwick save percentage, which is Brian's favorite goalie measure. This is the amount by which a goalie is over or underperforming versus what an average NHL goalie would do with the same kind of workload in terms of like dangerous shots. Uh, that's negative 1.15. So that would be good for 60th in the league behind players like Cal Peterson, Scott Wedgwood, and Thomas Grice. Uh, just like we've sort of talked about, uh, with Koskinen, you know, he may be valuable in leagues where volume helps. Um, again, saves and wins are categories are worth a lot of points. You know, after all, despite allowing three or more goals in his last three games, he's won them all. Uh, I'd be very wary of him in leagues that penalize goals against or count rate stats like save percentage and goals against. Uh, goals against average, I should say. And I would probably also not expect those wins to keep coming. The injuries are going to hurt their depth quite a bit. I don't think they're going to be able to overcome bad goaltending the way that they have been in the past three games. Yeah, the I don't think that those goals are continuing. And and I think, as I mentioned, with those, with those forward injuries, as well as losing Dougie Hamilton, those are going to make scoring goals for the, uh, for the next little bit much more challenging. I do want to mention Thomas Tatar, who appears to be on that Jack Hughes line and scored a goal tonight. That's who uh, Hughes assisted a goal from earlier tonight. So maybe worth streaming in old TT if you are looking for a forward who does play two games this week. Uh, this is a tough schedule to find games played on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, taking the sort of reverse approach, obviously, if you have uh, goalies who are going to be going up against the Devils, this may be a good opportunity uh, to play them or to stream them in. 
Truly the devil is in those details, Lewis. Where are we going next? All right. I want to jump over to Columbus. Uh, so Zach Wierenski is out on COVID protocol, uh, probably for five days, depending on the level of symptoms. Uh, obviously that absence leaves an enormous hole in Columbus's lineup. He's averaging 26 minutes a night, including three on the power play. In years past, this is where we would be talking about how Seth Jones' value would be boosted for his owners. But this year with Jones in Chicago, the next men up are much less heralded. Uh, so Adam Boakvist was a key part of the return for Jones, and he seems likely to fill that power play time, especially with Jake Bean announced to be missing Tuesday's game with a non-COVID illness. Uh, Bo is likely to see a significant boost in even strength minutes uh, and probably will, like we said, take on some of that power play time. Almost anything would be an increase in minutes. He's only been averaging 16 minutes and 10 seconds per contest. Obviously, that's over the whole season and it, it's fluctuated and he's gotten a little more time. But, you know, it's really going to be interesting to see how he can handle some less sheltered minutes. Uh, so far on Tuesday, he's managed an assist, uh, which is good to see, but they are really getting caved in by the Lightning, uh, who are looking maybe to avenge their shutout uh, that they had last game. So uh, not great, but, you know, getting an assist on one of the two goals that they've managed tonight looks pretty decent. Uh, and, of course, we can kind of check in and see what that power play time looks like uh, on Frozen Tools. But I imagine uh, that's Boquist getting that first run there, especially with being sidelined. Yes, it's it's Boquist in the top unit. Um IPP through the roof on that on that that one assist so far tonight. Uh, Lewis, let's head over to Washington next. We got to talk a couple of more injuries, unfortunately. Uh, not a ton of details on this one, but Dmitry Orlov and Ilya Samsonov left practice early. I did want to chat a little bit. You know, I don't have a ton to say about Orlov. He's not a guy who whose absence, you know, we're going to go and run out and grab the Dmitry Orlov replacement off the waiver wire. If John Carlson was out, maybe we would we'd be chatting about something like that. But I am interested to talk about Samsonov, who has appeared to grab the starter role after a year plus of what's been kind of a, a bizarre back and forth and up and down with Vitek Vanacek. Samsonov basically won the job with a nice run in November. He's gone a bit colder, though, over the last five starts. Just one quality start in that span, which does stretch all the way back to December 10th. It's a little bit challenging to get a handle on streaks when there was a massive... Uh, most teams have had postponements or the holiday break was extended. Like, it's, you know, five games over a month is a little bit tough to extrapolate or or sort of draw sweeping conclusions. But if you do look at those full season numbers, looking fairly mediocre... He's a player who I'm really hoping we get a nice long look at over the rest of the year because his value still feels a bit difficult to pin down, even in keeper leagues. So I'm holding on to him until we hear that it's a longer term injury or, you know, what anything like that. I, I have no reason to think that it is. But if if it's not, I, I hope that we get to see a uh, a better and more consistent Ilya Samsonov down the stretch. Yeah, that consistency is really going to be key. That's absolutely, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head there. That's really what we want to see moving forward as uh, if you can string together a significant number of quality starts, you know, more or less in a row here. All right, Lewis, we're going to take it over to the city in which they've, uh, I believe that they've turned you into a saint. Can you confirm this to be true? Yeah, absolutely. They know I love blue. 
name their team, you know, for my favorite color, name themselves after me, although they spelled it a little wonky. Yeah, this is my place. I'd love to talk about St. Louis. So we are happy to welcome back Braden Shen. Uh, however, we are welcoming him back to line three. Uh, so he should be back in action on Wednesday, uh, and it appears that he'll be skating with Bushnevich and Barbashev at even strength. You know, we've talked about this guy as a bit of a slumper. Um, I do think there he may be worth a shot in deeper leagues. I really like these line mates. Um, obviously, Bushnevich and Barbashev have had nice runs this season, and you know, in terms of a line three situation, I think it's about as good as you can ask for. Uh, Elon and Brian talked about you know not even wanting to call it a top nine because that seems unfair to the third line when really they seem to be rolling you know three you know line. 1B sort of. Uh, Shen has been unspectacular, but given his position, I think he could be in a pretty good shot to score. However, I was looking through the list of players rostered similarly to him, and he doesn't make me as excited as a number of them who seem to maybe have better situations. They've got Jesper Bratt, Matt Zuccarello, Connor Verhage, Mikhail Granlund, all rostered similarly. He's at 54% in Yahoo leagues. If those guys are gone, I think I would probably take Shen maybe over a guy like Cheneau, who is also uh, on a third line, rostered about 10% less, scoring a lot, you know, more certainly than, than Shen has this season. But I do feel like it's unsustainable, and certainly the, the line mates don't compare. So, you know, uh, if those, those other kind of mid-50s, uh, rostered players are gone. I might take a look at Shen, but I would prefer, and I think you would agree with me. I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but Brat Zuccarello over Hagee Granland. I'd want all of those guys over Braden Shen. Not even close. Yeah, no. And honestly, I, I think I would probably take Janot over, like if we're talking about adding somebody off the waiver wire, I'd probably rather have Janot while he's on this hot streak. Um, yeah, I, it's... I have more faith in Braden Shen longer term, but it's hard to get excited about a guy who's been meh for this long. Uh, his value earlier on in his career when he was in Philadelphia and then when he first arrived in St. Louis was derived from the volume shots, the the hits, and the points. And we're just really not seeing that same level of, you know, three category coverage. So I'm just not a, I'm not that into Braden, unfortunately. And, uh, and that's okay because I'm able to grab guys like Brat, Zuccarello, Verhage, or Granlund, uh, in leagues that somehow are, are available in 45% of Yahoo leagues. So, uh, that's good for me. Lewis, that is all the time that we have for this evening's shift. I want to thank you all for listening to us, you all being our listeners. And Lewis, I want to thank you for joining me. And uh, why don't you walk us on out of here? Always a pleasure. I do just want to give uh, one of our patented little in-game updates. But Damon Severson has managed to score. And uh, the Devils are tied with Boston. So it could be another game of allowing three or more goals that... Uh, Blackwood is able to pull off. Still look pretty shaky. I do not change my opinion on him, but just an interesting little update there. As for all of you listening to us, as Ben said, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Please subscribe. Uh, follow us on Twitter at ShortShiftsKK. You can follow Brian Elon at Keeping Carlson, Davey B of The Stream Scheme at NHL Stream Scheme, and of course the whole suite of game day uh, news twitter handles which uh, we'd be happy to share with you uh elon has some cool stuff in the works with his website on it as well so keep your eyes peeled and until we see you next time play smart and keep your shifts short